Welcome to Career Tools. This week, how to get training budget. This cast describes how you can approach your manager in order to get budget so that you can go to training external to your company. Folks, for those of you who are used to hearing both Mike and I's voice on this podcast, we apologize. This is another cast where it's just going to be me for a painfully long time. Uh, we apologize for that. Mike is with clients and his recording equipment doesn't work. And so we're uh, making do with one voice this week. Uh, hopefully you won't mind and I'll keep it as short as I possibly can. Thanks for joining us this week. It can be incredibly frustrating to an individual contributor, uh, and many of you have probably experienced this, uh, to know that you could do more for your firm if only you had the training. Um, we know that people want training, it adds value to you, it adds value to the firm, and yet often that money's not available or it doesn't seem to be, be available. Perhaps you're somebody who works really hard, your career is important, and frankly, you'd like to be rewarded with some training budget. Um, and we don't blame you for that. It, it's interesting to think of training budget as being a reward, that you, a company would actually reward you by helping you be better. That's a, that's a great idea. Um, and yet, maybe the company says it doesn't have the training budget. Um, maybe it's even worse, and this sounds terribly cynical, but it's happened to us. us um, you see other people on other teams going on trips that might be called uh, junkets, um, uh, to the right locations, uh, like uh, for the U.S., Orlando in February. Um, but no matter how many times you ask, you never seem to get to go. Or, <laughs> frankly, uh, you really want to go to a manager tools conference and your manager, tools, your manager just won't agree. Um, or even a career tools conference. Um, so, this is one of the casts where we can tell you the best way to approach the situation. Now, we're not going to be able to guarantee the outcome. We just know that if you professionally approach your request for training budget, for you to be trained by your company, if you professionally approach it with your boss, you significantly increases increase your chance of getting what you want. A different way of saying that is you reduce, we're, we're definitely going to reduce all the ways that most amateurs go about asking that immediately cause it to be a failure. For instance, just assuming you can get it or acting as if your boss definitely has the budget. Um, so, um, approaching uh, the situation of wanting training dollars in the most professional way is going to raise your manager's impressions of you even if you don't get the budget, and it will definitely increase your chances of getting the budget going forward. Okay, so we've got uh, six recommendations today. Point number one is just asking won't work. And for those of you who prefer a short cast, hopefully that doesn't require a lot, of, a lot of elaboration. The simple fact is people go in and say, hey, I'd like to go to some training. And I'd like to doesn't seem a terribly motivating thing for your boss. Remember, if your boss is not giving you something, if you're asking your boss for something, you're in a persuasive moment, and we ought to be thinking persuasively rather than just saying what we want. Uh, as Benjamin Franklin said, would you persuade, speak of interest, not of reason. And by that, we mean the interest of the person you're asking, not the reason you like. Um, 
Number two, we recommend you prepare a case, and that includes cost and applicability for you, the short-term and long-term benefits. And also, we recommend you have testimonials, which are a simple way to make clear the value of the option that you're recommending. Uh, step three, we recommend you cover yourself. Look, part of the cost, even though it's not budget, part of the cost of you being gone is, is your work not getting done. So make sure you have a plan you present to your boss about how to cover yourself. Um, point four is present the, the options to your boss, and we recommend you use the Career Tools Decision Brief model. Just a quick reminder, SOCR, or S-O-C-R-R, which is Situation, Options, Comparison, Recommendation, and Request. We'll walk through all of those uh, in, the, in the depth of the cast. Um, number five, if you get a yes, report back to your boss once you've been to the training. And there's a right way to do that, depending upon what kind of boss you have. And, and number six, um, if you get a no, swallow hard and don't make a fuss about it. I'm amazed at the number of people who think they've presented professionally. They get told no, uh, and then they complain or they whine about it, or worse, they whine to somebody else about it. If you're going to start professionally, you're going to end professionally, and that means there are times when your rationale is reasonable and your boss saying no is also reasonable. There's nothing wrong with that, and don't ruin the professionalism you've sent a message that you have by then... Um, uh, showing at the end that it was personal and you didn't care for the response. If you respond professionally, the next time you ask, you're much more likely to get it. Okay, let's get into the details. First, just asking won't work. As I said a moment ago, I hope this is really, really obvious, but we say it anyway, just to be clear. Uh, it, it is a black and white assertion that just asking won't work. And, and I, I suppose it's probably only true 80% of the time. Um, in some companies, at some times, with some managers, just asking actually will work. And that's a nice place to be. There's a surf feed of budget, and, and you're a top performer, and your boss likes you, and he, she's thinking about keeping you around. Um, uh, part of the problem, of course, with the mentality of just asking will work is, if you've seen that happen one time, if you've seen it work for somebody you know before, um, they'll probably tell you, hey, you just need to ask. Um, and you probably never will forget that. Wow, finally, something that's easy, uh, that doesn't require an act of Congress, as we say in the U.S. Um, but um, that's an outlier. Most bosses expect you, expect you to ask. Um, and the problem is there's risk in just asking. Um, and you need to mitigate that risk. And we recommend the steps we're about to walk through. Um, frankly, having been a manager and having been on the receiving end of this, just asking it will be seen by some managers, and, and we don't think they're wrong. Um, just asking will be seen by some managers as just demanding. Uh, and, and because a demand against budget, which is theirs, as opposed to a professional approach, um, will be seen as selfish. Uh, they're going to be much less likely to say yes. And it's not because the training is not of value. It's because the process you're going through doesn't suggest that you believe there's a lot of value or a lot of cost. Um, because, frankly, if you really thought there was a lot of value and a lot of cost, you'd have taken the time to dot your I's and cross your T's. Um, and look, if we're going to give limited resources out, we always assume one of the rules is resources are always limited, right? If we're going to assume that resources are limited, taking the time simply shows, again, that we're professional. Um, other bosses, frankly, will see it as naive, and, and some will say no and see you as naive if you just don't understand that there's the right way to do these sort of things. Um, and 
heaven forbid that your boss see it as you just being opportunistic. Um, I'll never forget somebody asking a, a fellow manager of mine the moment the new budget came out. Okay, he, he knew he went and got budget, and so he went in and says, okay, look, I want to go on training. And, of course, believe it or not, for some managers, that's the hardest time to get a yes um, because they're thinking, well, if I give in this quarter, if I have very limited budget, training budget, and I give budget now immediately, that cuts my training budget on day one by 50% for the rest of the month. It cuts their flexibility. So uh, if you're seen as opportunistic um, and then you're also putting a burden on the boss, it's a double whammy. Um, you want to be seen as not opportunistic and you want to be seen as making it easier for the boss to make a decision that he or she is going to make. Um, and look, today in the modern workplace, there are leaner times, there are leaner budgets. Um, uh, ho hopefully you're, it's obvious that asking professionally increases your chances of getting a yes. Um, training budgets are often the first thing to go and the last thing to come back during downturns. Um, and so if you're in a downturn or even a year out of a downturn right now, uh, uh, probably the training budget is tighter than you might believe. Or it's entirely possible that things are being taken from the training budget and put somewhere else. Um, yes, people are your company's most important asset, according to their website. Uh, we say that somewhat tongue-in-cheek. Uh, but that doesn't mean the training budget necessarily proves that. And, and we often get comments about small companies versus big companies, and people say, well, you know, he's at a big company, so they have all kinds of training budget. Well, you might be surprised. There are a lot of big companies, particularly mid- to large-sized companies, who say, let's not develop a big training budget. Let's develop internal training resources, which hypothetically are cheaper. Yes, you could argue that internal training resources aren't going to be as good because they're not competing in the open marketplace. We, we wouldn't disagree with that, although there are times when they're fabulous. Um, uh, but nevertheless, there are companies who would say, no, we're not, we're not amenable to external training. We have that training resource internally. Um, Okay, so look, um, we, you, nevertheless, you've seen people get training when supposedly there wasn't any budget, when everybody was supposed to be at work, that you couldn't, couldn't afford even a day to be sick. Uh, I'll never forget a boss saying once, look, nobody can be sick this month. Um, that's really not what he meant. What he meant was don't be out sick. Um, you know, there are times when, for whatever reason, there doesn't seem to be money, and yet people still get to go. What do those people know that we don't? Um, and, you know, it's pretty simple. What they know is a training budget is not something you're owed, okay? There's no right to training. It's earned. Um, one of the great falsehoods of the workplace is the idea that uh, something more happens between you work and you get a salary in return. Um, your self-development and your self-actualization are not necessarily part of the bargain. Yes, in highly uh, um, actualized, self-actualized organizations, if you will, they want that for you, and, and they try to structure the company in that way. Um, but at its core, uh, you work and you get paid it, and at the simplest. Um, it's harsh. We know it. But there are managers who think that way, and we have to prepare you for the potential manager who thinks that way, even in a company that really is going to be generally open to this. Why? Because we don't know your manager, and we're going to give you the most robust possible process we can come up with to increase your chances no matter what situation you're in. So again, just asking, uh, assuming that you're owed something doesn't work. Hopefully that's clear. As Wendy's mother is fond of saying, I want doesn't get, right? And, and further, taking that further, he got it and I want it doesn't get it either, right? The, the, the key thing here is we need to be persuasive. 
right? That's what people do who get to go on training. And, and frankly, there are other perquisites of the job that are often considered benefits that people who are persuasive get. And we want you to be persuasive, okay? And remember what we said earlier, persuasion is in the mind of the listener, of the people or person who's being persuaded. So we need to think about training from the company's point of view. And hopefully, we've, if you've not been with us very long or you haven't listened to all the career tools or manager tools cast we've said over and over again, your boss, to you, represents your company. They're the avatar, if you will, of the company. Your boss, is it's coming out of your boss's budget. They're, they and or slash the company are shelling out. The question that you have to ask is, right, what do I get in return? You, you've got to think of it from the boss's point of view. He, he may have to put this to his boss and persuade her he's spending the company's money wisely. It's possible, in fact, that the way your company is structured, that your boss doesn't have budget or he has some operating budget but not some corporate budget, which if there's a corporate training department, it may be involved at a higher level. You never know. You, you may know, but you have to be persuasive with your boss. If you don't know all these things, the more persuasive you can be with your boss, the more barriers you knock down to make it easy for him or her to get you what you want. We need to give our boss the information that allows him or her to feel comfortable in both their individual management of their budget role and their representative of the company role. And that's, that's critical. Okay. Point two then is, okay, we know we're not just going to ask and expect it to be given to us. How do we prepare a case? And, you know, frankly, a lot of career tools guidance comes down to research. Uh, it's boring and it's time consuming and it doesn't necessarily get instant results, but it works. And unfortunately, there are so many anecdotal stories in the career world about, oh, I know somebody who did X, and so therefore, if you do X, you'll get what you want. Or, hey, I heard that this is the way this company does it. Don't leave your request for virtually anything. Don't leave your request to some anecdotal evidence. Professionals don't do that, right? Professionals dot their I's and cross their T's and put together a case. And by the way, you might be thinking this is a lot of work, but once you put this together, this case together once or twice, it becomes very, very easily easy, just like uh, the, the Career Tools Decision Model Soccer. Uh, and it'll come across very professionally. Essentially, what you're doing is getting ahead by working harder and working smarter than other folks. And as we've said before, that's one of the definitions of being a professional. Look, even if you have a super high D, dominant, forceful, take no prisoners kind of boss who doesn't care for any of your research, having done the process, this process we're recommending, is going to help you answer the questions quickly and it gives you confidence in doing so, which is something that a high D dominant boss would want. Um, if you have a super perfectionist, accurate, detailed, wants the data, wants to wait in the data, wants to ready, aim, 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 think about firing, aim, 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 uh, somebody we might call a high C boss, giving her the information in detail is going to give her the confidence to make the decision that she's going to make. So that's smart too. Now, we'll talk later about how you present the information. That's going to depend on their on your boss and, and his or her preferences. But your research basically needs to cover five areas. First area is cost, right? You'd think, okay, that's easy. How much is the course going to cost? But no, that's not the answer. The answer, the question is, what is the cost to the organization? So you need to know the cost of the, the training itself, 
Um, that's one number, but you also need to know the cost of travel to and from, hotel nights involved, if there are any, per diems that are involved, car rental or mileage cost, anything else required for you to get from your workplace to there and back. Okay. A good example would be at a manager tools conference uh, a couple of years ago. We went from two to one day conferences. It cut down on, in some cases, two days worth of hotel rooms, which is certainly reduces the overall cost of ownership. And overall cost of ownership is the way your boss thinks about this situation. It may be that in your company, training budget includes uh, airfare and hotels, that's fine. In other cases, there's a specific uh, bucket for the actual training and the, the bucket, another bucket for professional training or for pro professional travel. And regardless of that, you don't need to know that level of detail. You need to know the total cost. Um, now, it may be that your boss wants it simpler than that, but you have to have that available, particularly if there's a form you're going to have to fill out. And what you don't want is if a form is filled out, you don't want to have to leave blanks and then have people in finance or accounting question you on the validity of your request. So the first thing you've got to know is cost. Second thing is applicability. Look, it's simple. How does the training apply to your present role, your future role, the department goals that you're, you know, the goals of the department you're in? and any conversations you may have had with your boss. Because, you know, obviously your boss could have said, hey, look, I'd like you to develop in this area. Um, much as you'd all like to, we'd all like to go to conferences in Orlando and Florida or, or uh, Monaco in February, it's, it's, it's hard to demonstrate that those kinds of conferences are right because you happen to be in Wisconsin, let's say, the more directly applicable the training is to your role, the more likely it is you'll get to go. Pretty obvious. So let me put it in tongue in cheek here. Don't use this process. Uh, we, we, say before, we say often at our conferences, virtually everything manager tools and career tools recommends could technically be used for ill to get you what you want uh, with less than professional ethics involved. So look, don't, don't use this process to increase the chances you'll get something that really is illicit in nature in that you ought not to be asking for it. It might work, but uh, you sell yourself and your organization when you do so. Look, if you're a plant manager and you want to get management training or you're a plant manager and you want engineering training or you want report writing training, uh, that's great but you don't ask for social media training, for instance. And, and you might have a vision of your company that's completely different or a part of your future that's completely different from the company, but you can't be more than one step away from your present role and the present value unless your boss has made clear you're going to go in a completely different direction and you have talked about a plan to get you there. Look, it, we, we want to do some research on alternatives, too. Uh, when your boss asks, is there a cheaper course or a nearer course, or here's an important one that goes to the issue of our issue of timing in the soccer model, in the, in the decision brief model, maybe there's one three months later, and sometimes training courses, uh, mater training materials on the web don't indicate three months later the courses that are. Look, you need to know the answer to those questions, cheaper course, nearer course, later course, those kinds of things. If the, you know, if the course next month is a thousand miles away, but four months from now, there is a course 50 miles away, the total cost of ownership in that course way away is a lot higher, not just because of 
the travel, mainly because of the travel, but also because you're going to go now and it's easier for the boss to approve something three or four months later. There's a reduced risk for him or her approving something three or four months later. So applicability. Number three or C, short-term benefits. Okay. Once you've thought through how this training applies to your role, okay, we need to go a little further than that. Basically, your company is going to want to know the return on investment. And your boss needs to be able to give his or her boss that information. And to be persuasive, you have to be aware of what his concerns might be. And his concerns might include getting his bosses okay. That's, I want to say that again. In order to be a persuasive, you have to understand what your boss's concerns might be. How do we know that? Because would you persuade, speak of interest, and not of reason? That's the biggest mistake uh, uh, people make, particularly younger folks or people who haven't matured into professionals in their careers uh, make, is they say, it's a, it, it makes sense to me. And, and that is a classic example of trying to persuade based on your reason rather than the other person's interests. Okay? So, uh, what is the short-term benefit of the training? What do you expect to be able to implement and get when you get back? What do you expect to, the immediate benefit to the company to be? Maybe you could share the training with your team and your boss's next team meeting or in a series of team meetings. Perhaps the knowledge you gain will allow you to immediately communicate with another team more easily if, in fact, you, there, there are some problems there. Perhaps the qualification you're going to get is going to get more clients on board to use your skills or your, your team skills. Maybe, in fact, it'll bring in revenue for the company. It's going to be different for every training course. But here, here's the thing. If you say we're going to communicate with another team more easily, describe how. Show how something in what you know about the course relates specifically. For instance, if you've been having growing conflict between your team and another team that jointly produce, let's say, some software, uh, and, and there's, a, there's a blurb on the thing, uh, on the, the marketing for a particular course you want to go to, and let's assume for now it's close and it's inexpensive, and the, 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 the blurb says, significantly reduce chances for communication conflict between teams in large organizations. You're not only going to say, here's a, an example of a benefit, and here's how it will apply. Rather than just copying and pasting the bullet from the, from the website, you can say, for instance, we've been struggling with, with getting on board with operations. We have five or six meetings, and we've been knocking our heads, and you, boss, you know as well as I do, we can't seem to get through. I believe this is a communication conflict, and I want to learn some skills to reduce some of these conflicts. If we could use that, if we could save five weeks over the next 20, that allows us to bring out this product six weeks earlier or two weeks earlier or whatever else. The revenue for those two weeks that we get two weeks early are more than the cost of this um, training. Now, note what I did. I took a benefit that the company who's providing the training suggests and then takes it down to a level of detail. How will that benefit you and your boss? And, and describe an example that shows how you would be using that benefit in your actual work. Mention another team, mention another person, mention a process you've worked on and problems that have been happening in the past, or, or imply, uh, suggest a 5% reduction in processing time and find out what that means in terms of costs. That's short-term benefit. D, long-term benefit. Here's where we extend our thinking a little bit. There, there's there's longer-term benefits to training too. If you improve your project management skills now, that means the three projects your boss has for next year are much more likely to get delivered on time. And maybe, in fact, you'll manage one of them rather than the boss managing all three. You could say, if I improve my skills, I'll be able to take one of those off your plate 
sometime next year, or at least a bigger part of it than I have up till now because you've just been assigning me tasks. I really like that one, that there's a, there could be a future benefit, and every single short-term benefit can be, can be compounded or essentially is, is, stays with you forever, provided you professionally approach the training and learn what you need to learn. Um, perhaps if you went to communications training, what some people would call DISC training, using our behavioral training, uh, our behavioral communication tool, DISC, will finally allow you to start repairing relationships with the other team that you're having trouble with. Maybe there's some specific technical training, uh, and once you've gotten some practice with uh, a mentor or somebody at the training, it's going to allow you to contribute to a project that maybe hasn't been given the resources it needs, in part because the resources haven't been there. There's nobody that knows that particular technology. Look, obviously we can't give you every possible example here. We can't know what the short-term or long-term benefits are. We encourage you, if you give yourself plenty of time, to come to the forums and ask the questions. And one of us, somebody, will be happy to answer, here's what I'd want as a manager, here's why, here's a short-term and a long-term benefit. Remember though, the key is you're trying to work out what the benefit is to your company. What you want doesn't matter. I wanna say that again, what you want doesn't matter at the moment. Okay? If you want this because you want it, your boss is going to say no. If you want it because the company benefits, the, the boss is going to pause and potentially say yes. Now, you might say, well, that's not fair. And yeah, that may be true. It may not be fair. But fairness is not a good way to judge or evaluate um, organizational life. But if you want to get what you want, embrace reality. Show your boss how he gets what he wants first. Another point, E, is testimonials. Marketers, of course, and marketing is persuasion, sales is persuasion, marketing is persuasion. Marketing folks teach us that it's more powerful for an independent third party to tell us their products are great than the company itself, right? Showing your manager the difference the training you want to go to is made to another member of your company is the ideal. But even showing him or her testimonials given by the training provider uh, with quotes and so on may help in your persuasive efforts. I can frankly say that I am amazed that um, this process is often done so poorly by managers that a manager doesn't get a request for training and say to one of his folks, hey, look, I'd like to send you, well, look, let's say it's a manager tools training. And we're not, we're, we're not using this to encourage you to come to our conferences at all. Hopefully it's obvious over and over again, we, don't, we, we try very hard not to sell our services too much. But look, uh, why hasn't any manager ever called uh, Mike or I or Wendy or Maggie or whomever on the staff and say, look, one of my guys wants to come to your training. Can I talk to somebody who's attended and, and hear what they have to say? Um, but if, if the training budget is tight and it's a couple thousand dollars with airfare and hotels and, and the cost of the training, why wouldn't you do that? It's a five or 10 minute conversation. And maybe there are two options he's considering and he gets raving reviews from one and, and, and a weak review from the other one. Yeah, it's possible he's talking to the wrong person and he's getting the wrong data, but it's more data. And for a high C manager, I would think that would be a nice way to do it. Um, it may be, having done this research, you may decide not to give this information to your boss, depending upon his or her communication style. But again, researching this information is going to help you with your own short and long-term benefits. And if you believe your manager is persuaded by testimonials, that's great. But this makes you more persuasive when you get into a discussion with your boss about why you should go, the value to the organization. You have your supporting evidence already ready rather than fumbling around in the important moment when he or she is ready to make a decision. I think this one went a little bit longer than Mark expected, so we're going to 
publish the second part of this next week. In the meantime, have a great one. So long. <laughs>